Hey there, welcome to The Career Prescription. I'm your host, Marjorie Stiegler. This podcast is all about the important stuff they don't teach you in medical school, about how to treat your career like the business it really is, and how to be strategic about your success. I'll show you how to use modern strategies to get ahead, create your own path, and do more of what you love. Every episode is inspired by questions from listeners just like you, so be sure to subscribe and, of course, send me those questions so I can use them on a future episode. So you don't miss anything, be sure to always check the show notes on my website. Are you ready? Let's get into it. Okay, we're going to be talking today about how to work from home effectively as a lot of people now have been moving from offices or from clinics or from other professional environments to their homes um, because of the COVID virus. And so while there's obviously a whole lot of uh, serious discussion that can be had around uh, managing patients and the growing pandemic, today we're going to focus a little bit on sort of what, what you can do as an individual when you are home, doing work from home to sort of coexist in a way that is effective, knowing that many, many people are in this in a, in a really new way and don't have a structure or don't really have any practice, um, perhaps don't even really have a physical setup. So today we're going to be talking tips on how to work effectively from home, both for sort of your ergonomics and your success, but also for your mental sanity. So I'm going to be breaking down some of the strategies that I use uh, and some of the ways in which I try to keep myself um able to be very effective at work, but also able to be sure that my my working from home doesn't take over my home or take over my leisure space uh, or get in the way of my relationships. So let's dive in. I'm going to give you some tips. And when I do get around to talking about some equipment and some specific uh, software and other tools like that that I use, uh, I will make some specific recommendations. And in the show notes, I will link to some of those Some of those are affiliate links. I just want to point that out. Obviously, they're products that I like and I use, so I'm recommending them. And as you know, uh, if you spend any time on my blog, um, when I do recommend or review products, I very often do have an affiliate link. What that means is that I will get a commission if you decide to buy that, uh, but certainly it does not increase the price to you and very often might result in you getting a discount. So in, uh, in any case, let's get on into how to work from home. So one thing that I think is really important, especially in a time of stress like we're having right now, is to have a realistic plan for your day. So I always start my day with the very same routine. The first thing that I do before I check my email, before I check my phone, this is so, so important, is that I set one to three things that I intend to accomplish that day that are the most important for accomplishing that day. Given the sort of added stress and chaos and unpredictability that we're all working with right now, maybe you just want to pick one. I mean, we need to be gentle on ourselves. What can you get done? What's one thing that if you get that thing done for the day, that that would be a win? It's really important to have these because I know that if your to-do list is anything like mine, it's very, very lengthy and we can beat ourselves up about not getting enough done. Um, And we can end up going down rabbit holes of reacting to other things if we begin to check our email, check our phones before we begin to act on that priority list that's really important. So this is why I recommend setting your one to three things that you're going to accomplish that day 
before you begin to check email, check phone, or check in with anybody else, because almost certainly your priorities will get hijacked if you start looking at or responding to other sort of incoming stimuli. And I actually recommend that you create this list of one to three things the night before, but you don't have to. What I like to do in the morning is I like to wake up. First thing I like to do is my meditation. I do 20 minutes. Uh, The next thing I like to do is exercise. And then finally, make my agenda. And the first part of my agenda is setting those one to three priority things that needs to happen. Often I do pull that from the night before. And then I launch right into my second tip for working from home, which is to schedule and have an agenda for the day. This is really, really important. It has to have a time that it begins. Obviously, if you have meetings or specific things that will eat up chunks of time, those need to be penciled in. And then it needs to have blocked time, which I'll get to in my third tip, blocked time for other stuff. And finally, you need a stop time. This is so overlooked and it's so important for your stress. You must have a time that you determine that your work hours for that day are over. Now, I realize people need to be flexible. There's a lot of fluidity going on. Uh, so I have sort of two approaches for this. One is you could have your end of your workday time bound. So you could say, at four o'clock or at six o'clock or at 7.30 or whatever time makes sense for you, that that is when you are going to turn off the phone, turn off the computer and stop doing what you're doing and go be either with yourself, uh, with your family and friends, even if it's virtual in this, in this time of social distancing, so that you'll know that that's the time you're done and stick to it. Because of course, there's more you could do. There's always going to be more you could do. But don't, right? Stick to, for your own mental sanity, a time to stop. For many physicians, the time thing doesn't really work very well, but what can work uh, instead is an event-bound end of the day. When What I mean by that is when a certain patient case is finished, that that would be the end of the day, or when a certain committee meeting is over, even if that doesn't have a specific end time, uh, or when some other um, document, if you're, if you're writing a grant, you're working on a policy, procedure, or protocol, that when that task is done, that's the end of the day. But either way, having a really concrete sort of marker for the end of the day and holding yourself to it is really important. And the reason that that belongs in your morning routine is so that you do not talk yourself out of it as the end of the day approaches, and you've got to stick with that. Okay, my third tip, building on making your schedule and your agenda in the morning. Your agenda uh, includes your stop time, and also needs to include your meetings, as I already mentioned. And the third thing it needs is block time. So you should block and batch your tasks. This is tip number three, block time and batch your tasks. You should block time for things that you would otherwise normally do, like take a coffee break, uh, go for a walk, because if you're working from home, you're going to suddenly be much more sedentary than you would be walking around the hospital or walking around your office building. So make sure, even if it's just for a few minutes, that you do get up and do some kind of movement uh, or consider maybe even a standing or treadmill desk. Um, but you do you need to block out things like that. And also mealtime, right? You've got to eat. So it's very tempting to just you know grab like a power bar and, and, and eat at your desk. But don't do that because it's a really unhealthy lifestyle to fall into that. So you've got blocked time for those types of activities. And then if you have a shared calendar, like Outlook, which is what I use, other people can invite me to meetings, right? I use that word loosely. They invite me to meetings. They basically put time onto my calendar. And of course, I can accept or, or decline those meeting invitations. 
But what's really important for me is to block my own time for project work and other tasks so that I don't have an entire day available for other people to put meetings on. If you do that, then of course people will want to take advantage of that and they will want all of your time. So I make a specific concerted effort to block time for things that might seem mundane, like checking email, which I like to do two to three times a day, not all day, right? But in specific chunks, certain times a day. I like to block time for project work or thinking work. So if there's something that I need to plan and I just need to be uninterrupted and to think, even if there isn't really an output from that other than some kind of a plan, I block my project time. Because if I'm constantly in meetings and doing stuff, then there really isn't any time for me to do that other work. So I block all that. And then I really make sure that I batch things. So email, for example, is a batch activity for me. I'll block 30 minutes of time. I'll check my email. I have a specific system with which I manage my email. But even if you don't, just making sure that that's that time that you block. If you are active on social media and you want to block 15 minutes a few times a day to check it, to participate on it, particularly if it's part of your business to actually you know, execute on it, that's fine too. But you should do it in, in chunks is my recommendation. Do that in batches. If you do it all day long, then uh, it really will erode your efficiency. Um, so make sure that you do that. And now while you are getting used to a new work from home situation and a new sort of batching, a new way of blocking things on your calendar and a new way of handling your emails, you're going to need perhaps to communicate some boundaries, not only boundaries to your coworkers and to your bosses, but possibly even at home. So I'm going to leave in the show notes a reference to a specific podcast episode on exactly that topic to be sure that you know how to set boundaries effectively at work. It's a really great episode based on some awesome questions that have come in from people. So I do hope you'll check that out. Okay, tip number four is to separate your workspace from your home space. Now, especially with this sort of acuteness of everyone suddenly working from home with COVID, a lot of people don't have a home office. So it would be ideal if you had a physical room that was different, right? A home office room. Uh, but even if you don't, there's other ways to sort of demarcate your workspace. And it could be around the ambiance. Uh, it could be around um, even your own attire, like what you wear. You should get up in the morning, don't stay in those pajamas, put on something professional, even if you don't have a separate room to go to until you're done working. And then just like Mr. Rogers, you know, you can change out of um, your work attire. There might be some other creative ways for you to indicate that you're sort of in your work zone, but it's helpful to have something physical to just remind you. Um, that way you don't let that work sort of invade your house. Don't let your laptop just invade your public space where your kids might be, and then you're worried about whether they're going to break it or they're going to send something on your work email. And don't let it spill out all over the place where your partner or your spouse is going to perhaps be resentful that it's just taking up uh, common areas. And then definitely don't let it take over your leisure space like your bed. So you do want to figure a way in order to have a workspace that works for you, ideally in a separate room or at least a partition of a room. And if, if you cannot do that in a way where you can put it away, perhaps in, in some kind of a box, literally at the end of the day, so that you can separate your workspace from your living space. On that same note, you're going to want to communicate your work hours and your sort of your ways of being available. So whether or not you prefer to be text, uh, text message, emailed, or however it is, um, you should communicate to the people that you work with how they can expect to reach you. And you should also communicate with them 
the time interval when they can expect to hear back from you. This, again, going back to those boundaries, but it's really important because as long as people's expectations are met, most people are happy, people are understanding in this time, people can be flexible. But it's very, very helpful to be sure that people know exactly what to expect from you. So do be sure that you communicate it. You can do this in a you know, one, one-off with each colleague that you have, or you could even do it perhaps with an automatic reply or something at the bottom of your email signature that says, you know, when you check your email and that someone can expect a reply from you within six hours, 24 hours, two days, a week, whatever it may be, uh, if people are, are aware of what to expect from you, then that helps you to separate both mentally and physically, your workspace from your home space. All right, thinking about your physical space, it's really important, especially if you're going to be home for some period of time, to invest in a system of organization and sort of workplace ergonomics. So now I'm going to talk about some actual stuff. One thing I think is super important that makes a huge difference in my mental sort of workload and and overall anxiety is I really, really like to have zero inbox. And I like to reduce the amount of distractions that come to my email. I used to use Unroll Me for that. um, But then I realized, of course, that because it's free, that I am the product, right? They're collecting all of my data. They're serving me ads. So I ended up uh, hearing about a product called SaneBox, S-A-N-E Box. Like, you don't want to be insane. You want to be sane. So SaneBox. And I've since subscribed to that. It's a paid subscription, but really very reasonably priced. And it allows you to set up all of these wonderful folders where you can have, you know, all of your shopping things and your news and social media. And, and, and you can train it so that it knows that certain things stay in the inbox. Other things go to different boxes. And you can even customize those boxes to come back and ping you to remind you about stuff that you haven't handled or um, to remind you that other people haven't replied to you or an automatic sort of unsubscribe black hole. I love the same black hole. It's really great. Um, it is a paid service. There is a link. It's in the show notes I will give to you. I believe it is a $25 coupon for you. And I believe they give me something like a free month as well. So just for transparency, I mentioned that, but it's a super great product. I strongly recommend it. You will love it. Uh, I use Gmail. It goes with Gmail, Outlook, like all of the email service providers. Uh, so it is really fantastic in that regard. Okay, a couple other things. So depending on the kind of work that you do, most people are going to need a laptop or a desktop, and then you're going to need some kind of high quality way to do audio and video conferencing, because that's kind of just how things are now. Um, Depending upon what's going on in my environment, I have a Jabra. I personally, I have a Jabra 510 wireless Bluetooth portable speaker, and it is for teleconferences. So it's a great speaker and a great microphone. I can be anywhere across the room and it can hear me. Um, there can there could be a group of people in my office, although we don't do that anymore for social distancing reasons, but they do make a variety of models. I'll leave the link for the Jabra. Um, some are wireless and some will plug right into your USB port and really, really fantastic speaker and microphone for really nice clarity. But sometimes I really need to zone out of whatever else is happening in my house because I do have two little kids and they are now home from school. So um, I have both a pair of Bose and a pair of Beats over-the-ear noise-canceling headphones that both have that sort of speaker and the ability to connect to the computer but also to take calls so that I can put these just the -the over-the-ear headphones on. I can block out the rest of the noise. I can hear really well and I can just speak, you know, out to the environment and the audio quality is really good to the, to the people that I'm either on a, a call or a video conference with. 
So I will leave links there as well. Speaking of video calls, a lot of people who are already active on social media kind of have this set up anyway. But I think if you're going to be doing a video face-to-face, which is a really good way to stay connected with people, even when you're working from home, it's super important to have good lighting. And depending upon your physical workspace, if you're right in front of the windows, that can be fantastic. Really good natural light is probably all you need. But a lot of people's rooms are not set up that way, and I know mine isn't. So to sit at my desk, uh, depending on the time of day, if I want to get decent light across my face uh, for the delivery of a webinar or for a teleconference face-to-face kind of thing, I use what's called a light ring. And it's, um, I think, anything less than about 18 inches or so is too small, but they make even teeny tiny ones that clip onto your phone, um, just so you can take a selfie, I guess, if you're out to dinner or something like that. But you can get uh, something that will sit on a tripod or a desktop. It is, um, they make them in a variety of sizes, but again, I recommend one that's about 18 inches. That's the size I have. I actually have two. And uh, you set it up and they have different, you know, warm and cool tones of light and different different intensities so that you can get a well-lit face so that you can have these video conferences. I just think it, it just adds a little bit, especially if you don't have a super professional backdrop, which many of us do not. Um, but you want to look somewhat professional in your, in your video calls with people. So I recommend that light ring. The other thing about working from home, especially if you're used to working in a clinic or somewhere else where you're walking around a large office building, is it just you become so, so, so sedentary. So I have a couple of things. I really recommend you get a good ergonomic chair. I have, um, I, I have a... Um, I'm prone a little bit, I guess, to to back discomfort. I guess maybe everybody is. Maybe I'm just getting old. Um, Herman Miller, I think, is the best for these back chairs, uh, ergonomic chairs for the office. They do come in a pretty broad price range, but really fantastic chairs, very nice looking. I think it's a worthwhile investment because it really is about your health. Um, Or the other thing you can do and or is to get yourself a standing desk. Now, I already have a desk set up and I didn't want to get a brand new standing desk, but you can get these sort of tabletop standing desk um, uh, accessories, I guess, and attachments, the wrong word, because they just sit on top of your desk. So FlexiSpot is one of the one of the top brands there. And again, I'll leave that link, but you just put it on top of your desk, you put your, your stuff, your laptop or whatever on it, and then you it has just sort of an accordion. And so you can pull it all the way up so you can stand up. And then when you want to sit down, you just push it back down. And that way you can have just some change in your physical posture. It's really, really important. The other thing that I have that has nothing to do with this sudden sort of change in my in my work style, but that I'm really I'm grateful that I do have is this thing called the Upright Go. It's a posture tracker and it, it's sort of like a little, you know, Fitbit size thing and it attaches to a necklace or you can even use an adhesive and kind of stick it to your back. And it just, um, it learns your posture and it buzzes at you. There's like a gentle vibration when you start to slouch. And I just find it really fantastic. It's helped me to avoid really bad posture. And that, I think, has also helped my back. So I recommend that. And then um, I think that is, that's it for my recommendations, I think, for what I kind of have when I'm, I'm now just kind of staring around my office to see what it is that I'm using um, other than my podcasting mic, obviously. And since that's not part of a standard home office, I'm not going to include that in this set of recommendations. But really, do invest in the time to set yourself up for ergonomic comfort, for success, for a physical space that's separate from your home space. 
um, and for some kind of an organization. And again, email is just so crazy. I wish there was a way, maybe you know a way and you can let me know, a way to really manage text messages and all of the various social media notifications that I'm constantly uh, refining to try to minimize them, but yet they just are, they, they can be absolutely overwhelming. Okay, then the final tip, and I think this is really important unless you live by yourself, is to set expectations with other people at home. This is really hard. I'm still working through this myself because I'm at home, my husband is at home, and our two kids are at home. Our two kids are not actually in school right now. In North Carolina, they have this sort of track system. It's year-round school, and every couple weeks, there's a couple weeks off. So at the moment, they're off of school. So uh, we're a little bit more lenient about what they're doing during the day, but they're young enough that they do need supervision all the time, right? So so it's it's been tricky, and we are having to work through setting expectations of when I'm in the office on sort of do not disturb mode where nobody can come in and kids need to be silent, uh, if that's even possible. And of course, when my husband needs that kind of time and how we can support each other. And, you know, sort of what is my policy about my office? Do I have an open door policy where my my family uh, can just kind of come in at any time? Or do I not? And, and you know, this will be something for you, obviously, to figure out depending on the nature of your work and the nature of whoever is at home around you. But I do think it's super important to have those open and honest conversations about what you feel is an interruption or, you know, some people really thrive on the ambiance of having a lot of activity around them. They like to work in coffee shops. They're more than happy to have kids and pets and spouses bouncing all over them while they're doing work. But if you want to preserve those relationships at home, the stress level is high. It's going to get higher. That's something that I really recommend you try to explicitly set up right from the start. Um, And of course, I don't have a magic answer on how to do that because everyone's different. But also because it's a challenge I'm still trying to figure out, especially in a couple weeks, once my kids do go back to school and they are going to need to follow uh, some schoolwork type curriculum. And then I will have the added joy along with my husband of trying to figure out how to co-parent them and homeschool them and do our respective professional activities. So um, this is tricky. But those things will go a very, 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 very long way. And then remember that at the end of your workday, based on that time or that event, you should be thinking about zeroing out your inbox. If you're using SaneBox, you can do that. And then thinking about the next couple things that are important for the next day. So this is how it kind of comes full circle. At the end of the day, um, I'm going to review this list with you. Hopefully you have done those couple things, right? You've, um, You've thought about the one to three things that need to happen the next day so that you can tackle those and not be stressed about it and not get sidetracked with other people's uh, emails and and texts. And you have uh, some ability to kind of schedule out that agenda, including a stop time, whether it's time bound or event bound, and that you've blocked time, including time for things like thinking and eating and managing email, because you do need to do all those things. And if you don't have time blocked for it, uh, you will not. And part of that, of course, is establishing and sticking to some boundaries. Um, Finally, separating your workspace from your home space. So if you can, after, you know, maybe the end of your day routine at the time or the event is then to turn off your computer, close the top and walk out of the room and shut the door. Um, That's what I like to do. But if I don't, you know, if I didn't have a separate space, then I would at least need to perhaps 
close the laptop, maybe even put it in a box or a drawer, do something to, you know, to turn off the work phone or put on a do not disturb or otherwise just stick to the fact that my workday is done. And obviously, if you're taking call or you have some other reason, then your workday is, is not done. But, you know, when you can to make a very firm break to just sign off uh, completely. And before I do that, I do like to have in my agenda as one of the last couple things that I do that day an organizational system where I really clear out that email and make sure that I am sort of got clarity about what is important to do the next day. And I know that I have uh, things set aside in my sane box that I either need to tackle first thing the next morning or that I've gone away completely so that I don't have this clutter and chaos of what to do. Now, I obviously have a much more um, elaborate or, or complete um, system around to-do lists and tasks that I have not even gotten into here, but um, I think the email, zeroing the email inbox and and setting those couple priorities for the next day before you get derailed are super important. So I, I think they're worth mentioning a couple of times. And then that routine to wrap up the day, whatever it is. And again, you put your laptop in a drawer, you get changed out of your work clothes, whatever it is for you, something that is physically sort of a, a ritual that marks the end of the day. And then uh, setting expectations with others and setting expectations for yourself. You've got to be gentle with yourself because this is not an easy transition. And even if the transition itself were easy, it's just not an easy time. Uh, we are all going through uh, really remarkable and, and very stressful times right now. So I hope these tips are helpful to you to keep some sense of control over what you can control uh, during these challenging times and during this transition where you may be working at home with your kids, with a partner, with other uh, sort of circumstances that you never intended. I hope it helps you to feel efficient, to feel calm, to feel successful. Uh, and to get some joy still out of both your work and your personal life. So take care of yourself, take care of each other. That's it for this episode, and I'll see you on the next one. Thanks for joining me on this episode of The Career Prescription. Be sure to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast player you're using to listen today, and definitely send me those questions so I can answer them and give you a shout out on a future episode. Bye for now.